I'm Jonathan Mosen. This is Mosen at Large, the show that's got the blind community talking. It's an Apple special today. They've just concluded their California streaming event. Our expert panel goes through what Apple told us about today and what it all means from a blindness perspective. Mosen at Large Podcast. Apple has announced new products today in the iPad, Apple Watch and iPhone categories. And we'll start by introducing our guests who are going to dissect Apple's California streaming announcement. Here in the studio with me is the artist formerly known as Heidi Mosen. Welcome to you, Heidi Taylor. Hello. And as we go around the the virtual room, I'm going to ask you to identify the Apple technology that was upgraded today that you are rocking at the moment. So what are you rocking in terms of Apple technology? Oh, I currently have an iPhone 12 Pro and a Apple Watch Series 6. Okay, very good. Now, on the other side of the world, we have award-winning, prolific author, Judy Dixon. Welcome, Judy. What are you rocking in terms of Apple technology that was talked about today? Thank you, Jonathan. I have a iPhone 12 Pro. And an Apple Watch Series 6. All right. And in Canada, sunny Canada, where they're having an exciting election as we speak. We've got Mike Fair joining us, author of the uh, iOS magnum opus, really, from an accessibility perspective. Uh, Personal Power was the name of it, right? iOS Personal Power? Yeah. Yep. Yep, yep. that's right. Well, Well, welcome. What are you rocking in terms of Apple technology at the moment? I currently have an iPhone XR and an Apple Watch SE. Did you give your XR a name? Because I know that your wife calls no. hers Lord Tenarson. Yeah, she does. I haven't done that with mine. I haven't thought of a suitable moniker for mine. But, that, that'll uh, maybe call the it next moniker. one will impress me enough to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. While we're with you, we'll stick with you and just do the quick whip around your overall impressions before we drill down. Well, the... Uh, you know, the event was really nicely done. I, I really think they've got the polish down with the transitions and everything. It's, and, and the description. I, I would not want to be the person who tries to say all that in the time frames they have. Like, that's tough. But uh, they, they really managed that well. And uh, so I, I have no product problem with the pacing of everything. They, it, they've really uh, they've come to a, a high state of polish with these presentations, I think. All right. And Judy, your overall impression is we, we're recording this right after the event. So what's the impression you are left with? The description was great. <laughs> but does anyone want to comment on what they were describing? I, I am I, – uh, underwhelmed doesn't begin to cover it. Right. Okay. And Heidi? I'd rather I stayed in bed. Right. <laughs> But you came over and and we bought you food, so that's all right. Yes, I did get food out of it. Okay, so there seems to be a bit of well, Mike's on. Mike Mike's been carefully on the fence, but I have to say, um, this was the worst Apple event I have witnessed, and I have been watching them for a long time. In the sense that the whole thing was absolutely and totally incremental. There's nothing there that I don't think any reasonable non-fanboy observer could point to and say, this is innovation at work here. It's it's really quite incremental. 
and so I do feel some relief in the sense that my wallet is being spared <laughs> this year. They started off by talking about Apple TV+. Plus. So we're going to go through the keynote as we usually do in the order that things happened. The good thing about Apple TV+, Plus, especially on the day that we actually did get a, an exciting announcement from someone, and that was Sonos, they have announced a new Sonos Beam that supports Dolby Atmos now. And the really good thing about Apple TV+, Plus, from a blindness perspective, is that Apple is really good about making sure that if you need audio description, you still can have Dolby Atmos. So we are big Apple TV+, Plus fans in this house because we can enjoy Dolby Atmos and get audio descriptions. So I'm looking forward to Series 2 of the morning show and also, as a sci-fi fan, really hanging out for the Foundation series and what they do with Isaac Asimov. Uh, uh, Let's go back to you, Judy. What do you think of Apple TV Plus? You guys fans over there? We are very much so, and and for a lot of the same reasons. And that it's very high-quality productions it's good stuff yeah you you watching ted lasso you watching that one i haven't started it yet i keep meaning to yeah it's quite funny how about you mike how do you feel about apple tv plus i'm eagerly anticipating yeah the foundation and that invasion uh series that is coming up as well i still have to really dive into the second season of for all mankind i've uh i keep saying i'll do it and i just haven't gotten around to it yet uh but that's that's definitely in uh, my near future hopefully and uh yeah really appreciate the just the stupendous quality of these things like really they the description is is great the you know the sound work is is even through airpods i have second gen airpods even through that it's it's just wow like really really well done so yeah big big fan of uh i saw the 911 documentary documentary that uh, was just on uh, just released and that was that was really well done very yes, much. It was. Uh, yes, it as was. As much as one can enjoy something about a tragedy, I, I enjoyed that. Yes. Yes, it was. It was good. The final episode of For All Mankind in that season two was one of the most gripping, thrilling, brilliant pieces of TV I have watched in a very long time. I mean, I was literally on the edge of my seat. My heart was racing. I got the watch notification telling me, you know, what's the matter with you? Uh, it was. <laughs> It was wonderful. Gosh, I can't recommend For All Mankind enough. It was brilliant. You watched it too, right, Heidi? Yeah, I did. Yeah. It was very, very good. Oh, man, it was such a thriller. I mean, you wonder whether they were going to annihilate the cast at one point. But no, it was just just wonderful. I love that series. So that's good. Now, (laughs) should we talk about technology? Uh, And uh, first of all, it was iPads. And this was a little bit of a surprise. Actually, Jonathan, they did talk about something when they talked about Fitness Plus that could be interesting. Yes, but we're not there yet. So they talked about that in the Apple Watch section. Did that come? Oh, it came in Watch. Sorry. Yes. I thought it came with Apple TV. No. no, no. <laughs> okay. No, so, so we are going Let's to get to Let's go in order. It. So, right? so, so, so hold that thought. And, uh, hold that thought. Let's talk about the iPad. Now, people are a bit confused about what is available in the iPad range. So essentially – you have what they just call iPad. And if I'm counting correctly, and please someone correct me if I'm not, I believe this is the ninth generation of the product that they call iPad. That's so, correct. Yeah. So this is just the basic one. I mean, no, not just the it, – it is the, the entry-level one. 
Heidi, uh, this still has Touch ID and a home button, is that correct? Yes, it does. Okay. So it, it looks like exactly the same form factor as the last but one. USB-C? No. Lightning on, on this one. Yeah, lightning on this one. Lightning yeah. on this one? Yeah. 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 Ah. So if you want USB-C, you either have to go with the Mini, which we'll talk about soon, or the iPad Pro. Now, the iPad- Or the iPad Air. Oh, that's right. I forgot right. they have the Air as well. No wonder people get confused. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's yes. confusing. Yes. So you've got the iPad and then the iPad Air and then the iPad Pro is the top of the line. Mm-hmm. Now, the iPad Air, what biometric authentication does it have? Touch ID in the um, lock button. Right. That had it in the lock button. Yeah. Same yes. with the, the mini. Yep. So mm. if you want Face ID, you go to the iPad Pro mm-hmm. and lots of... Uh, Fast features. So, what were they telling us? The A, just the A13 Bionic in this ninth generation iPad. So, you're a couple of generations behind if you go with this. And obviously, that's a $399 entry point in US currency for this. So, you, I guess you get that. Um, 12 megapixel wide camera on the front. So, if you want to do your video conferencing, which is a big thing during the pandemic with an iPad, the center stage feature is now available in iPad, and that's a you know, significant upgrade. Yeah. Would, have you had a play with center stage, Heidi, or had a look at how that works? I haven't had a chance to play with it, but I've seen demos of it, and it seems pretty good. Mm. So essentially you can walk around and the camera will follow you, so you're not like way on the edge of a frame or whatever. Some real iPad devotees that I've talked to, though, have criticized the iPad as a conferencing tool because of where the camera is placed. Is that a valid criticism, do you think? Yeah, well, especially if you're doing stuff with people who are not on phones, which is most of the time, so normally tablets or uh, computers, most of those screens are typically in landscape mode, but the camera on an iPad is at the top when it's in portrait mode. So if you have your iPad in landscape mode, it's suddenly off to one side. And so it's like halfway down, it's off to one side. So you can never actually look at the camera properly and see the screen at the same time. Hmm. So you're either looking at the screen, but looking rude in the video because you're not looking at anyone, or you're looking at the camera and looking nice in the video, but you can't see what anyone else is doing. And if you want the cellular version, the it looks like the only cellular you get with this particular device is LTE, in other words, 4G. If you want 5G, you're going to have to go with another product. Is that correct? That's what they seem to be saying, that it's the gigabit LTE, but yep. they made no mention of 5G in the context of this. Yeah, that's right. Okay, very good. And that starts at 399 and uh, 329 329 okay good i oh. just saved 70 dollars right there <laughs> and that's just for the basic wi-fi without cellular and what's the 64 gigs is it yeah yeah and then they go up from there depending on whether you want cellular whether you want more storage any thoughts from you michael judy on this ninth generation ipad i expected a bigger chip jump i thought they'd go to the a14 chip uh, I was kind of disappointed there. My mom just got an 8th gen iPad and it has the A12, A12X chip, which is, is kind of, uh, you know, I, I, I really was expecting a bigger jump because of that. So, uh, you know, it's, it's there. Like you, you certainly get a boost, but it, it's not, if you have 
an eighth gen iPad. Uh, there's there's no big reason uh, to upgrade. Uh, I, I, at least nothing that I heard in that presentation. Right. I think that's a fair call. Any thoughts from you, Judy? Yeah, that's I agree with that. That's mm. that's right. I must say, iPad Mini sounds quite intriguing. They've really done a lot to iPad Mini. They've got this new design and all sorts of new colors. Did we take a note of all the different colors? I've got, I, I find it hard to remember what color my house oh, is, yeah. let alone memorizing all these. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not. I just don't care. Um, do, do we know about the color options of the iPad Mini, Heidi? So there's like a purpley one. Yeah, like Barney. This is your Barney iPad. No, this is like a soft purple. Oh, right. Like. I don't know, it's just it's pale purple. Deep purple, like the lovely not, old song. No, not deep purple, oh, all it's right. pale purple. Well, I'm going to give up on La- this. <laughs> I know nothing about this. Yeah. Lavender? A, yeah, lavender. That's what we're looking for. That's pretty impressive, Judy. Okay, right. Okay. <laughs> I like, I right. like <laughs> Then There's a, a pink one, which is like a very pale pink, like a blush pink. And then they're calling it Starlight. But it's pretty much silver with like a hint of gold. Right. And then space gray. Now they've got an 8.3 inch screen and they've achieved that not by making the mini any less mini, but by giving you more screen, shrinking the bezels. This is similar to what Apple no has more done. No home button. Without the, yeah, no more home button. Right. So you've got a lot of room right there. So you will swipe up from the bottom of the screen using those gestures. And But there is Touch ID. This does not have Face ID. What they have done in the absence of the home button is put the Touch ID on what they call the top button, and that's the one that powers it on. You hold it for Siri, very similar to what you see in an iPhone these days. Yes, yeah, so it's the they same as the that. iPad Air. Yeah. They could have done that for the iPhone. Yeah. <laughs> that would they have do, been nice. They do have an, an A15 chip in those iPad minis, which I think would be a massive – I can't remember what the old – well, the, the actually, the um, the last generation mini, I believe, had – I think it was the A14, possibly. So, again, we got a one-generation chip bump. They're saying it's 40% faster than the previous iPad mini. Uh, the big surprise for me, and, and it's a very pleasant surprise, is that they are doing USB-C on the iPad mini. Now that is great in my opinion. Anybody that disagree? That is great. Oh, that's yep. terrific. Yeah. That'll make a lot of people happy. Yep. So you'll be able to plug a lot of peripherals into this. Now, for those who are still into the clubhouse uh, f- uh, phase, you would then be able to plug, based on other iPad experiences, you'd be able to take a USB-C microphone or even an audio interface that's capable of USB-C and plug it into an iPad mini and use it really easily with that. So USB-C is a very significant thing. And I kind of thought fleetingly, maybe they really going to surprise us. Maybe they've hidden something from the tech journalists and the supply chain people. And maybe we're going to get USB-C on the iPhone 13 because that would have had me shelling out for one. But, oh, uh, me too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> sadly not. Uh, there's going to be flack whenever they do it, but they just have to get on with it, bite the bullet, and um, and give us USB-C on the iPhone. It's it's such a pain having to and, – and the thing is, if you're not careful and you're really being quick, you know, you're throwing something into a bag, the USB-C and Lightning ports <laughs> do feel quite similar, so the cables feel quite similar. And sometimes you can pack – 
a USB-C thing when you want a lightning thing and vice versa. I've been there. You're right. I have done it. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. 5G. So that's really cool. 5G is on the iPad mini. It sounds like a very attractive device. Um, they updated the back camera. They've got some new flash technology. You can record in 4K. And again, if you want to do video conferencing, you've got the ultra wide camera on the front. Now the 12 megapixel with the center stage and in the only time I can recall where they made any reference to audio whatsoever, they did describe a new speaker system. And when Apple pays attention to speakers, they really yeah, hit it out of the park in my experience. They they get the audio right. I just wish they paid attention to it more often because we've got a pandemic of bad audio out there right now. <laughs> Uh, during this whole pandemic, you know, you hear people coming on the TV and they sound like they're talking from their bathtub or something. And I, I wish they would just turn their attention to a bit more audio things. Um, what else have we got? Um, oh, it supports the second generation Apple Pencil and it starts at a base price of four ninety nine. Any more comments on the iPad mini? Nope. Nope. Well, I was curious about this video, Heidi. The, mm -hmm. I think it was the last video in the iPad mini bit that they showed. And there are all these people whipping out their iPad minis in the most extraordinary places. <laughs> I mean, somebody and, – and I do thank Apple for the audio description so that I can pillory them about it. But the, the idea that somebody's going to be walking down an escalator carrying an <laughs> iPad mini in their hands and playing a game – I mean, are people really going to – Where's the where, where's the dividing line between when somebody might have a say a, a Pro Max sized phone if they want to do that and carry an iPad Mini? I mean, to be fair, it's hugely differential in terms of price, isn't it? Um, you can have an iPad Mini for much less than it costs you to buy a Pro Max, I suppose. Mm. Maybe that's the thing. Maybe maybe iPad Mini is the new iPod. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was an extraordinary video. Um, but I, I quite like this. The, the iPad mini was my first iPad, actually. And, um, I kind of, yeah, I'd, I'd like to find out though, whether the faster processors I've got, I think it's the original iPad Pro. And if I have my made for iPhone hearing aids connected to my iPhone and I've got all the options set up. So it's supposed to seamlessly switch between devices. It will not switch. I can, switch my screen off on my iPhone and wait you know, 30 seconds, 60 seconds. It doesn't matter how long I wait and then switch the iPad on and it still comes over its speakers, even though they're all paired. And so I don't know whether upgrading would fix that problem or not. And I, it's a bit, it's a bit of a hard one to try in a store. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Next was Apple watch. And uh, when you start cycling, Apple's going to prompt you to start a workout if you haven't. I mean, the fact that they had to go into that detail about such a little thing <laughs> like that shows you the slim pickings we are dealing with today. Um, fall detection, adding to, uh, added to cycling as well. And then we've got the Apple Watch Series 7. So a 20% more screen area, they say, and it's 70% brighter. So for those with low vision, this could be a really significant thing to consider, um, the considerably better brightness. And um, buttons are slightly larger as well. So if you have large fingers and you find it difficult because that screen is very small, um, maybe it will be a little easier as well. And there is a full keyboard on the phone as well. 
And you always look at these events and say, who is Apple assassinating today in the third-party developer world? And clearly, uh, FlickType has inspired this. And, um, you know, obviously the the battle between Apple and FlickType is now somewhat legendary, but this is where this is coming from. New watch faces as well, uh, better dust resistance, and no change to the battery life, interestingly, but it charges a lot faster, about a third faster. So you can go from uh, zero to 80% in 45 minutes, which is terrific. That's uh, That's a really good improvement. Do you want to describe this new watch to us, Heidi? Sure. Imagine your Series 6. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was supposed to have, like, rounded corners and... Yeah, well, maybe, but it looks a lot like a Series 6. Like, they've made the the borders around the screen smaller, but, like, the still, like, physical footprint of it's the same. It's still curved edges. A lot of pre- people predicting flat edges, but still the same yes. curved edges. Yeah. So... Really, it's not that different. Hmm. Well, so yes, all the difference would all the difference would then be in the software in terms of how they they perhaps put things on the display. Yeah. So what they probably they have probably put a physically larger display in there because they've been able to squeeze it in, and so it has less border around it. But it takes up exactly the same footprint. And what bears this out is that the bands for your watch Series 6 or earlier, are comp- or certainly Series 6, are compatible with the Series 7. So that really illustrates that what you're saying is true, really. There's no difference. I mean, on my Series 6, I'm currently using my band from my Series 0. So Okay, so they're compatible all the way back from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all right. Uh, the, what are your thoughts on the Series 7, Judy? Is it enough to tempt you? It actually isn't. Um WatchOS 8 has some interesting things. This new iPhone phone, it's kind of the way the Apple TV works when you get into an edit box and then your phone pops up a notification. You know, use the keyboard on the phone to type onto your Apple TV. It's same with the watch. Now, if you're in a text, if you're responding to a text message and you go into an edit box, you get a notification on your phone. Uh, that you can use its keyboard to type onto your watch. Mm. Mm. And it's uh, it's quite convenient. Um, there's another feature, and I can't at the moment remember what it's called, but I can check in just a second. And it's called something like hand gestures. Oh, and yeah, yeah. you can turn this feature on that lets you um, you activate it with what they call a double clinch. Basically, you take your fingers and just close them quickly and hard, you know, into your, into your palm. And, and then you can use a pinch or a double pinch to do things. And you can use a pinch to flick right, double pinch to flick left. I have no idea what this is for. (laughs) I can't, I mean, maybe people who have one hand or people who don't have good use of their other hand. I'm, it's a voiceover feature because it's in the voiceover settings. Yeah, that's me at the moment, actually, because I fell backwards down the stairs and one of my <gasps> hands is significantly oh. immobilized. So I, I have I have come to appreciate some accessibility features that I never used to worry about. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but that's interesting. I also wonder about the Braille support 
I haven't been able to play with this for a while since I switched to a Mantis, which I think last I checked was not supported on the Apple Watch. Is that is that viable, the Braille support? It does. It works. It works reasonably well. Um, I I I don't know why I don't use it very often. Um, I do use Braille on my. Well, it's like Braille support on your Apple TV. I don't use that very often either, and yet I use Braille support on my phone all the time. Yeah. Now, one thing I really think uh, there should be considerable castigation about is that Apple is continuing to market the Series 3. That is ridiculous. That is absolutely I, – I think that's actually um, an unfair trade practice. It, anybody who has tried to update a Series 3 Apple Watch of late, oh, whenever yeah. a new version of the software comes out, knows that that watch has not been fit for purpose for quite some time now. And for them to roll it over for another year is is – blatantly outrageous mm-hmm. i'd have to agree it was it was just such a pain to update that that's what prompted me to end up getting the the se so i just never had to deal with that again yeah <laughs> you know it uh you know i didn't need a super you know top of the line thing but i at least wanted not to have to erase everything basically start from absolute scratch to update every time a new os came out for it like that was just so annoying. And it's <laughs> flaky, too. It's so difficult. You know, you, you can spend hours trying to update this thing. You know, it's, it's really flaky. Now, uh, but nothing to tempt you for the Series 7, Mike? You're happy with the SE still? Yeah, I think I'll be with the SE for a, a good couple, a few years anyway, like this, unless they come up with something really <laughs> whiz-bang. Yeah. Yes, that'll be a good upgrade for people who've waited a, a few years, especially if you've got the Series 3. Gosh, it's it's night and day. If you're upgrading from the Series 3 to the uh, Series 7, you will notice such an improvement. It will be worth your while. You'll be happy. Um, but, yeah, I'm waiting for the next generation of health acquisition, things like yes. temperature sensors and anything they can do with uh, blood sugar and that kind of thing. That'd be wonderful. Oh, and I mean, we didn't get there. any of that. None of that this year. No, no. It's it's really <laughs> very incremental. All right, Judy, now speak to me of Fitness Plus. Ah, yes. Well, I think it's interesting. I, um, I'm um i interested in this Fitness Plus group, although it does sound like it's going to be an additional subscription, which is unfortunate. I mean, people are already paying for Fitness Plus. Did, did, oh, so didn't it sound like it was going to be additional, or is, no, were they speaking I, about it was? No, it's it was not think clear. So. It's using no, I thought it was like new it, sharing software, like when you're in like a FaceTime call or whatever. You can share play. Share yeah. play. Yeah. So if, peop, if if people can talk to each other at the same time, yes, it, it yes, might, you, it might be good. You will be able to do that. Well, well, based on my testing of share play, which of course has no, now gone. So just bringing yes, people up to speed with this, SharePlay is the technology that I think stole the show at WWDC. And the idea is that you could watch Netflix or Apple TV Plus or any supported app together if you both subscribed. And Wait, you, it's gone? You opened that. It's yes, gone. It's yeah, gone. It's, we're not going to get it. Well, well, later, later. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's been pulled out it's been, completely. It's been from, delayed. Yeah. So, uh, but when it was working, I really enjoyed it. I, uh, you know, in fact, it it worked. uh, I would listen to a group of people with uh, Mushroom FM on on a FaceTime call. It's really cool. So, yes, my understanding is it will work the same way. If you all have Apple Fitness 
plus subscriptions, then you can get oh, on a share play okay. call and talk to one another when share play eventually comes back. Yeah. yeah. Well, it'll probably come back when at, at fitness plus group comes along because well, it will have probably to. Yeah. The same. Yeah. I don't think so. We talked I, about how disappointing it was that that they seem to drop the ball on accessibility with respect to many of the fitness plus workouts. Is that still the yeah. case? I don't have an active subscription. That is still the case. Um, I uh, just finished another book for National Braille Press, and this one is on fitness. I told you I you were prolific. Well, I, <laughs> I co-authored with Bonnie O'Day. And there is a chapter in this book on fitness with your iPhone. So I took the opportunity to contact Apple about Fitness Plus and its accessibility. And we ended up having a fairly extensive exchange. Um, not that I learned anything. Uh, what I learned is <laughs> they're interested and they're thinking about it. I did learn that. Okay. But um, we ended up having an extensive just exchange about the challenges of, you know, audio describing fitness, it would be difficult. They're talking constantly. Um, you know, if some having a separate kind of track or a separate audio thing, that's not Apple's style. They're not going to do that. Uh, you know, where they, where they put in audio description somehow with a separate overlay of some kind mm. but they're not going to do that and i think they're just thinking about what to do i mean i uh, my thought would be to have additional kind of tutorials so that you would learn exactly how to do things so that you could follow along and do them because that's part of the problem is you know how many of us actually know all these things they're talking about um but it's hard hard to say uh, some so they are they are definitely thinking about it, and uh, that's all we know. And that's the technique that Blind Alive used as well. So as well as obviously having workouts designed for mm -hmm. blind people from the ground up, you could also bring up this text file containing quite detailed descriptions right. of the workouts that you were about to do. And I think that's a that's a great model because sometimes when you're in the thick of it. You know, th there's not time to explain it in great detail. But if you can read it in advance, then you're you're good to go, aren't you? And they're really doing a lot of things for sighted people to meet people's various needs. They have they have different figures on screen, um, you know, showing it from a different perspective, showing it in slow motion, showing all these different things so that sighted people can follow along. And I think if they're going to go to that much trouble for them, they should do it for us. Yeah, yeah, fair enough too. I'm, I'm glad. Sorry. Is is this part of your Apple? You, you're doing that Apple. What are they called? Apple One subscription. So is it built in yes. for you? Yes, yes. Yeah. I'm I'm doing it part of it. It's part of Apple One. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. I um am interested too that they're adding Pilates, so we can all be the Pilates kid too. The Pilates kid. Uh, and uh, guided meditation. So here we go. We can add another series of apps to the ones that Apple are trying to assassinate today. Uh, I guess they're going after the market for apps like Calm and Headspace and 10% and you know, meditation apps are a pretty robust category in the App Store. So now if you've got an Apple One subscription or you lock into Apple Fitness Plus, you'll be able to do meditations as well. 
<laughs> that should be usable country. by us. So that that would make the meditations and I guess the walk together workout. The, wa- the, wa- the walks are the walks are certainly usable because it's just somebody talking. Yeah. What what's so the benefit of that? Well, the idea just that- keep it's it's like if you couldn't find a short story that was exactly as long as your walk, you know. It's, I mean, they're kind of thirty minute chats from interesting. They are interesting. Yeah, but you could have heard half the Mosin at Large podcast in that time. You you, you could have done absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, they're competing with me now. Ooh. Oh, where will it end? I tell you. Well, and uh, I know that you're a, a, a you're a skier. A quarter a quarter of the Mosin Explosion podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I tell you what, this I'm glad we're not committed to a length of time for this one because I didn't anticipate it would be terribly long. Um, you're a seasoned skier, Judy. Um, yes. You're interested in the the snow season preparedness, fitness plus things that they're adding there. It'll be interesting to see what that exactly includes, but yes. Yeah. All right. So that's Apple Fitness Plus. They're bringing it to more countries. Yeah. Oh, yes, with subtitles. Oh, yeah. Mm, 15 nice. more countries, but that they're going to do the workouts in English and you have to be able to see the subtitles. Yeah, I've got the list of countries as well. All right, well. why not? Let's do that. Okay, so they're now bringing it to Austria, Brazil, Colombia, France, Germany, Indonesia, Italy, Malaysia, Mexico, Portugal, Russia, Saudi Arabia, Spain, Switzerland and UAE. Is that the United Arab Emirates? Emirates, that's right. Yeah. Emirates, yeah. 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 And that's on top of Australia, Canada, Ireland, New Zealand, the UK and the US. Tremendous. All right. You Apple made it for- in the first tier. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right. Well, then, we shall move on to the final uh, series of items, and they are iPhone-related. This is the iPhone 13. Anybody superstitious? Anybody think they should they should have called it the 12S? No. <laughs> no. It's going to be nothing but trouble, they, I tell iOS you. Thir- iOS 13, they called 13, so why yep. not? Well, look at what happened to it. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and I mean, and, and, and all, these, all these learned NASA scientists, they were very dismissive of the whole superstition thing. And look what happened to Apollo 13. So I tell oh. you, mm-hmm. it won't end well. <laughs> Um, maybe, maybe the maybe the bad luck will be that few people will buy one, <laughs> but let's have a, let's have a look. Um, physically, Heidi, can we start there? If you picked up as a blind person an iPhone 13, you wouldn't be able to distinguish it from an iPhone 12, right? Unless you looked at the camera bump on the back. Okay, what's different about that? Instead of the cameras being like vertically stacked, so one on top of the other, they're now in a diagonal orientation. So there's one camera in one corner, one camera in the other corner, and then the flash in one corner and the, I guess, microphone in the last corner. Oh, that's cool. So, so this is the this is the iPhone and the iPhone Mini. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Right. So that's quite useful info if you're an AT instructor. And maybe you're assisting someone and you want to know what iPhone they have and maybe the person using it may not know. They, they may have been given an iPhone by someone. That is a tactual way to identify that this is an iPhone 13 and not an iPhone 12. Yeah, but that's the only tactile difference. Okay, good intel that. Good, yeah, because we wouldn't be able to tell the 20% shrink, sh- shrinkage in the notch, would we? No, because it's like smooth <laughs> glass anyway. No, so. that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, pink, blue, midnight, starlight. And oh, mid- they're two different ones, aren't they? Midnight? B- yep. Pink, blue, midnight, pink blue. starlight. Yes. And product red. Yep. 
Those are the five colors. Yep. What else can we say? Bigger battery, that's always nice. We'll come back to that. Um, the, the Mini is available, and the rumors are, and it seems that Apple rumors have become quite reliable in the last few years, that this is going to be the last year of the iPhone Mini because the sales have been so poor. So if you're one of those people who really likes a small phone, then you know I would recommend picking up, actually, uh, if you're due for an upgrade, pick up an iPhone 13 Mini. You get most of the latest technology with that that's relevant to blind people, with the exception perhaps of LiDAR, which we'll come back to. Uh, and, uh, yeah, you get a nice fast phone. Sounds like the battery life's better. Uh, what's not to like? Uh, for low vision users, improved retina display could be helpful. A15 Bionic, as we could expect. I could actually have pretty much written most of this in advance. <laughs> you know exactly, you know, this is our best iPhone ever. Uh, yeah. Um, the new, the, there's a wider camera system. Uh, and as you've said, Heidi, it's positioned differently. Mm-hmm. Optical. Now, this is interesting, though. Optical image stabilization comes to the iPhone 13. So it should be easier to take good photos, but this was formerly a pro feature, and it should also be easier to take photos in dark rooms, which is a factor for many of us who maybe we're on our own or we live with another blind person and we just don't (laughs) remember to turn the lights on, and then you use an app like Seeing AI or Envision or SuperSense, I'm trying to be equal opportunity here, and um, you don't get the results that you want. So this this could be of, of real benefit, particularly if you're upgrading from a much older iPhone. You'll see a significant improvement in um, the quality of, of using these apps. Ira as well, presumably. Though on a note, um, they work in low light, but not in no light. So you're, if you're in like a really dark environment, it's not going to help anything. But if you've got like light coming in through the windows, but you haven't turned the lights on, it'll help in that sort of situation. But then the flash would kick in, right? I assume so. Yeah. I'm, I'm just explaining. No, no, no. I appreciate it. That's why we have you here. <laughs> well, and to eat the food. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, cinematic mode is a new iPhone feature. It's available in the, the complete range. And I did wonder whether this might have some benefits to blind people taking video because of the way it tries to focus on an individual as they move around. Could this be a thing? Yeah. Well, what does focus mean in that regard? So when you've got a camera, essentially it has a focal length, so where the image is clearest, right? And ah, okay, okay. So yes. like in a scene, you've got like the background, the midground, the foreground, and you could be focused on any of it. And as a p- person walks through the scene, so they were really far away and now they're really close, their face is focused the whole time rather oh. than starting blurry, got it. clearing up, got getting it. blurry Thank again. Thank you. There are actually devices that you can get that'll physically follow a person around and it actually knows where there's a person and, and will turn like a gimbal will will turn. I have one and I played when I played with it when I did my photography book as a as a benefit for blind people and they're actually very cool. What's the name of the new version of that photography book, Judy? Oh gosh! What? I, I heard you. you I heard you, you write wondering. so many. You can't even I, remember the books I, you've written. I, 
I don't. Uh, but I did hear. I hear. I heard someone ask about it. Thank you for telling them about the book. But I. But it was funny when you did. You said I remember the old one. It was called <laughs> Get the Picture. But I have no idea what this one's called. Um, and and I'm thinking to myself, Yeah, I don't either. You know? <laughs> um, um, I will and, tell you. I will tell you before we're done. Get to winbp.org and find it. Five um, G. <laughs> They're talking about more antennas, uh, more carriers supported. What they didn't go into the details of, and by the time people hear this, those interested will have been able to check this out in the tech press because we jump on and record this right after the keynote. But you might be able to tell us, Heidi, does this mean that they're rolling out 5G MM wave technology in more countries? Because with the iPhone 12, it was only available in the United States. I don't know about the technology, but... There's a lot of carriers on the screen I took a picture of, including Spark, which isn't that a New Zealand-only one? Uh, yes. Yeah, well, Spark's on there now. Okay. Was it not on before? I don't know if it was not uh, on before, yeah, but it's on there this year. Right. Okay. <laughs> so uh, was Two Degrees on there? Because they're about to roll out a 5G network, although I don't think that has started yet, so maybe it's not on the list at this point. Um, well, well, we'll try and find out and talk about it on... Uh, the, the weekend show about whether MM wave technology is more widely available. This is the very fast version of 5G, and I, I think that is probably the case. Um, better battery life. So what they're telling us is that if you've got an iPhone 12 mini and you upgraded to an iPhone 13 mini, and I honestly wonder why you would, but if you have money like that, then please contact me because, you know. I would like some. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You've got an hour and a half more battery life with the Mini, and I think that is actually quite significant because one criticism that I heard of the Mini was, you know, the battery life's not quite as bad as the SE, uh, SE2, which people have really pilloried the battery life of, but it's still quite small. And that's just a matter of physics. It's a smaller device, so there's a smaller battery. So an hour and a half more is great. 2.5 hours longer um, than the 12 on a 13. This is not the Pro, which we're coming to. Um, now, they also the title. Hang on, Jonathan. The title is Capturing and Sharing the World. That's right. Take, That's quite Taking a, photo. Yeah, really, isn't it? Quite it's a grandiose. Quite grandiose title. title there, taking Judy. photos and videos with an iPhone. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and, it, and it does spend a lot of time on videos. Capturing and sharing the world. Oh, yes, right. Right. Okay. Good. That needs reverb. Um <laughs> Now, <laughs> they did also talk up briefly MagSafe, and I guess this won't apply to you, Mike, because the 10R didn't support MagSafe, but Heidi and Judy, are you using any MagSafe accessories, and if so, what, and how have you found them? I li- I have the MagSafe wallet Yep. Uh, that, they, that they talk about now. It's going to have Find My... Uh, so you can use it like an like a, it's like a built-in air tag. It sounds like yes, and uh, that would be very nice. My wallet doesn't do that, and I'd like to know when it, if it gets separated. But it doesn't really want to separate. I've never had a problem with it coming off. It is solidly attached, and uh, I do use it. I do use it. For those who are looking at perhaps coming to the thirteen, maybe it's been a while since they upgraded. Can you tell us a little bit about MagSafe? How precisely does it work, and why are people raving about it? Well, it, it, imagine a super, super strong magnet. I mean, a magnet where, where you have to use some 
some some real force to detach it. It's it's not just it's not going anywhere. And I have the the MagSafe charger, you know, the little hockey puck thing that um, with the twenty watt um, a electrical adapter, and uh, it it charges it really 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 fast. What do you see as the advantage of using that versus just plugging in the little thing into the lightning port? Convenience, fast. You don't okay. have to think about it. You just, I just, I can take it with one hand, just set it over there on top of the little thing, and it goes whomp, and then it attaches. You know? <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of like for those familiar. It's kind of like the Apple Watch and the way that it charges, um, but it, you just yeah. put it on the back of the phone. But yeah. about fifty times stronger. Right. I've got the battery, the just in case I need a little bit of extra charge somewhere. Uh, I, I'm very mindful that New Zealand is a bit prone to earthquakes, especially Wellington, where we are. So I'm a bit paranoid about having extra charge. I have my 20,000 milliamp battery charged up, and I thought, oh, well, I'll get this just in case I, I ever travel again and um, just need that. So it's quite cool. Did, have you had a play with the MagSafe, Heidi? I played with your battery, but I don't have any accessories of my own because oh, I'm cash poor. Well, your birthday's coming up in another nine months. so well, that, Christmas is soon in <laughs> Wow, goodness me, it never ends. It never ends. Uh, uh, and I, I uh, could, go ahead, Mike. I could certainly, I was just thinking, I could certainly appreciate with this MagSafe. I, I use uh, just a wireless charging pad, and uh, you do have to fiddle, like, make sure you've got the phone exactly on it, the right sort of area so that it, it's it charges correctly um so i i do appreciate that that thought of of just having something snap on and you know it's in the right place there's no doubt about it and it just works uh and and the lightning port is free for other accessories so i can see some advantage to that another thing about magsafe is they third party sellers sell these magsafe little discs that have adhesive back so you can just put one wherever you want and uh, you could just, you know, you could sit your iPhone on the wall or, or you know, wherever you might want to. And which is nice being someone who is always misplacing my iPhone. I, my watch is the most, the thing I do the most with my watch is ping my iPhone. I mean, it, it ding, is ding, my ding, iPhone ding, pinger. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. <laughs> ding. So uh, being able to actually anchor my phone wherever I feel like and, and know it's actually going to be there is very convenient. What some people don't know about that process is if you go into the control center of your watch and you ping it from there, it only pings for about a couple of seconds. But if you tell Siri on the watch to ping my iPhone, it continually pings it. That's a very handy thing to know. And if you tell the soup drinker to to find my iPhone, it'll continuously ping it. Yeah. Are you using a third-party thing for that how how have you got that working no you must be it just works mm. I, I didn't do anything see yeah i i doesn't it doesn't work for me it might be a country thing um now 699 dollars is the base price so <laughs> there <laughs> tremendous <laughs> did you find it yeah it's right here <laughs> <laughs> so for six hundred dollars, six ninety nine, you get what? Um, what's the, the, the mini? Uh, One twenty eight iPhone mini, is that right? Yeah, yeah, uh, I think so. Yeah. And then they have added a five hundred and twelve gig option for both the mini 
and the iPhone. So we, we haven't got to Pro yet. So <laughs> they, they, they will go up from there. And in the United States, it sounds like they have some pretty attractive deals if you want to trade in a qualifying iPhone. So check those out, and I'm sure there'll be more information in the United States. I guess, you know, if you can get a good deal on, say, your iPhone 12, then maybe maybe it's not so bad uh, doing an upgrade if you really want to. Um, in the pro category now, I don't think I wrote all these colors down. We've got gold, graphite, I think, blue. Mm-hmm. Any more? Silver. 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 That's or what maybe, I did they call it silver or starlight? I can't remember. They called remember it silver. silver. Okay. They called yeah. it silver. They I look remember that the too. same to me. Now, <laughs> same question. If I have an iPhone 12 Pro or an iPhone 12 Pro Max in my hand and I have an iPhone 13 Pro or Pro Max in the other, could I tactually distinguish them in any way? They must do something, so you have to buy a new case. No, they look the same. I mean, they're physically, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. Well, if, obviously, oh. if the camera array is arranged differently, you would have to buy a new case, wouldn't you? Yes. Yeah. Same, same camera array. So you oh, might not be able to distinguish them. So Heidi, tell us about Sierra Blue. It's like, it's like a a soft, like baby blue sort of blue. Is it light? Yeah, like a light blue. Oh, really? Oh. Mm. Like midday sky blue on a clear day. Oh, that sounds nice. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> I'm, Good. I want to buy one now. Yeah, I think no. the, the, the <laughs> blue one last year was quite a dark blue. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and this one's quite a light blue. This is how you show everybody you have a new phone. Yeah, you get the new color. <laughs> yes, <Right>. indeed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Consumerism. Um. Pro motion comes to the iPhone. So, uh, anyone want to have a crack at pro motion and what this means? No, no I one. I just took it to mean slow. Like it, it's all about efficiently using the power as as you're scrolling, as you're swiping between apps. It it sort of manages the power used to sort of do that as efficiently as possible, and and sort of keeps up with the motion of your of of what you're doing. Yes. So when you need, like if you're watching something or doing a game or something like that, then the frame rate will go up accordingly. And then if you are doing something much less taxing, then the frame rate will go way down and therefore save you battery life. But that's my very basic understanding. Yes. So what they showed of it was it can go from 10 hertz to 120 hertz. So if you're watching... Yeah, if, like if you're playing a game, it'll be at the full 120 hertz. If you're looking at a still image, it's all the way down to 10 hertz. So, it's, so does that mean the display is dimmer at that point, or can can you can you tell a difference? Can you when tell? It's, down? it's not a it's not like a brightness thing. It's just how frequently it updates what it's showing you. So, hmm. I guess like so if if you if you scrolled down a book, it would scroll smoother visually than another display theoretically it's like visual latency yes yeah so So you might think of it like a braille display and some braille displays they sort of go and then you know when the line refers actually it's a bit like the orbit the bit like the orbit reader you know and you scroll with the orbit and it goes and you can actually so so if you think of that and then you get another braille display and you go to the next line and it goes and all the cells are there then 
that's what you got. Pretty much, yeah. That sounds about right. You're welcome. Well, um, significant improvement in low lighting conditions. Uh, so again, you know, this is like standard fare, isn't it? No, no disrespect to you, Mike. I mean, you're you're not everything. You're anything but standard fare. But uh, every year we get improvements in there. There's a good tagline for you. That's great. Not just your standard fare. We've got to liven this up somehow. <laughs> More than fair. Bloody hell. <laughs> they haven't given us a lot to say. Um, all right. So, but, but uh, if you are upgrading from, you know, a much older phone, really good news about the battery life. So 90 minutes more on the iPhone 12 Pro. And more than two and a half hours on the Max. I mean, that's even compared with the 12 Pro Max. So that's because iOS 15 is doing something very obnoxious with battery life. And I never had any problem with battery life on my 12 Pro until I upgraded to iOS 15 about a month ago. And now I regularly run out of battery in the early evening. Yes, I'm glad to hear you say that. I've had a very similar issue, and uh, this does plague Apple users who upgrade to the beta, or indeed who wait and then upgrade to a new version of iOS. Sometimes something just goes hopelessly wrong. So what I did to diagnose my problem was I went into the battery app in settings. This is actually a useful conversation to have because iOS 15 is about to be released. Did they actually tell us when? Uh, I was going to ask that. Yeah. I never heard it. I'm sure we'll get that Heidi, in the... Heidi, did they show it? They didn't say when iOS 15 was no. coming out. No. Yeah, it'll be before oh. the... Uh, the iPhones the... are coming out on September 24th. Yes, so it'll be right. it'll be earlier that week. Uh, and I'm sure we'll get the exact date, but it'll probably be Monday or Tuesday of that week. Anyway, so you, you, might, you might experience this if you're upgrading. What I did to solve my problem, and it was a dire problem, my battery life was atrocious. I went into the battery settings bit, and if you scroll through all the data far enough, you find a heading that shows you activity by app. And when mm-hmm. I went in there, I found that for whatever reason, Google Maps was using a whopping 31% Ooh. of my battery. And mm. so, you know, I mean, I've been using Google Maps for yonks. Um, and I uninstalled Google Maps, and my battery life went way back to normal. And so then a few days later, I braved the elements and reinstalled it, and I haven't had the problem since. So there might be a rogue app somewhere that you can diagnose. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. Now, um, but but look, I mean, if you're upgrading from, say, anything older than a 12, you'll probably just notice a big speed improvement, a uh, significant battery life increase. So that's wonderful for people who don't have the wherewithal to upgrade every year, you'll really notice a big, big change. And speaking of big, one terabyte. Whoa. Oh. Uh, what you, uh. you can now, if you want to buy a Pro or a Pro Max, get a one terabyte <laughs> iPhone. But what's interesting is that the, 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 the pundits did get this wrong because they thought that the 128 was going to drop off the other end. That is not the case. So now if you are going with an iPhone Pro or a Pro Max, you can have 128, 256, 512, <laughs> or one terabyte. Could now, I have, a, I have a 256. I have 644 apps on my phone. Yes. And I look to see how many megabytes were free, and it's 
162. Megabytes or gigabytes? I'm not even, well, Gig- gigabytes, yes. sorry. Gigabytes. I'm not even using half. But you, you will put all the yeah. ABBA albums on and lossless, though, right? Including the new, <laughs> the new ABBA album. Oh. I guess I don't. I don't store a lot of music and photos on my phone. I store a lot of audio on my 256 gig uh, 10R, and I do have it almost full. In fact, I've I've I still every once in a while have to really manage what I have on there to get back some space. So it I I would welcome some. Uh, increase in that. I don't know that I need a full terabyte, especially in line in, in you know thinking of what like there's nothing else about those pros that really entices me as a blind person. I'm sorry. Uh, so I'm thinking if anything, I might go to the 13 and get the full 512 gigabyte uh, option for that. Uh, I, I can see uh, really appreciating the storage and the the speed increase, the chip. Capabilities, right? Uh, you know, coming coming from a 10R, uh, I think the, the, the A15 might be a better resting place in terms of, like, now that they've this is their second kick at 5G, so I should be good to go when Rogers brings that out, which uh, it sounds like they're getting ready to. Um, you know, the, the the A15, you got the AI advanced, the neural nets, all that kind of, which will be, that is getting actually more crucial for uh, for recognition apps and recognizing text and things like that. I think we will benefit from from that now uh, as time goes on. So there are a few things there that from a purely blindness perspective that would tempt me to a 13, but not the Pro, I don't think. Like the battery life and storage just aren't enough to to move me. <laughs> I think that's really sound analysis, and so you will love the upgrade. If you're coming from the 10R to the 13, you will absolutely love it, I'm sure. Everything will just feel so much slicker and smoother. The one thing I would like to explore, though, for those who are looking for some buying advice, do you not think that LiDAR is a good thing to have as a blind person uh, going forward? I mean, if you're the kind of person that doesn't buy the new iPhone every year, so this is going to see you through for the next few years, if you look at what might happen with LiDAR, is that worth considering? Because LiDAR is not available on the non-pro models yet again this year. I think it really depends on how, what 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 you do. I mean, for I've really enjoyed LiDAR, but the primary really, really, really cool use for it for a blind person is following a line of people, mm. a queue. And as the as the queue moves, yes, thank you. Yes, <laughs> the queue and, and the queue the queues move. I guess they do. Yes, no. they do. <laughs> Lines move. I guess queues move. Anyway, but it's it. And but but I don't travel very much anymore, so I don't get to play with with queue fo- <laughs> queue following nearly as much as I would have in a normal year. So I'm really looking forward. I'm actually going to do two different trips in the next three weeks. So I'm I'm really I'm going. I want to go to the airport and follow cues. <laughs> We've got quite a different COVID management strategy in New Zealand from, say, the United States has had. And so we've been recently in a nationwide lockdown that is still extending to some parts of New Zealand. And as a result, when you go even for appointments with a doctor or something like that, you're expected to be masked up and maintain your social distancing. So what was oh, interesting... We still have to do that too. Yeah, yeah. What was interesting was that last week I went in somewhere and I was, rather than take someone's arm, which I actually would normally do, I was able to follow them 
at a distance thanks to LiDAR. Mm-hmm. It's I mean, very cool. Yeah, just one person, and so it wasn't difficult to you know, know where they are. And you might not need that if you don't have a hearing impairment like I do. But when you do, you know, sometimes it can be hard to hear where someone's moving to. You can try and keep a conversation going or whatever. But the LiDAR is a surprisingly cool accessibility tool. And that basic functionality is actually built into the phone. You don't even need a third-party app. That's right. You use Magnifier. It's the best one at it. Yeah. Yeah. What, what do you think, Mike? Is that persuasive? Um, you know, it's it's a matter of, of cost versus am I really going to use something like that as yeah. more than just to test it out. And I honestly, at this point, I don't know. I'm not, you know, with my hearing uh, directional challenges and, and on top of my now hearing impairment, I'm, I don't know whether I'll be doing much traveling independently anytime soon to really put that to practical use. So for me, it's a, it's a real, like, a pro costs something like 900 something at, at the starting level. Mm. Uh, and I would want to add a couple hundred to get that up to at least 512 storage. So, it, you know, the cost difference between that and, you know, the iPhone, thir- the regular 13, uh, is pretty significant. And I, I really don't know. I'm, I'm not, uh, I haven't heard enough ecstatic stuff about LiDAR to, to think it's really, uh, you know, w- will pull me into the pro uh, sector, it, it is a thought. I, I might, I, I can see myself possibly regretting, uh, you know, that decision later on if things really change radically. But I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's a tricky one. While I've got you all here, I don't think we have talked since AirTags came out, and I'm just wondering how AirTags are working out for those who have them. I don't have a hearing impairment. And they are not loud enough, in my opinion. Right. Yeah, they are. And, and, and then it's not just the volume. It's also the length of time that they make a noise yes. as well. So the combination yes. of and those the, two things. And the noise they make. It's, it is not a penetrating noise. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very disappointed. But the precision finding is pretty rocking, though, don't you think? That is cool. That is very cool. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So that's an area where tile perhaps has an advantage is is the is the volume and, and the duration. But I like the new features in iOS 15 where it will tell you if you leave something behind that has an air tag or it will tell you if if you separate from your wallet. Yeah. We had a fun time with the air tags setting them up, Heidi. <laughs> yep. Yeah, well, Heidi had one, and it was my job yes. to go on a scavenger hunt and yes, find I, it. I um, heard that podcast. Yeah, it was, it was fun to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it, it was fun. It was fun to listen to. Did you get into AirTags, Mike? Have you got a use for them? Not really. I, I was kind of thinking with my 10R, I wasn't sure. Like, I don't think I have that ultra-wide oh, chip. Yeah, you're right. So that would defeat the whole precision finding thing. And with hearing aids, I, I was in a little, I was a bit in a quandary of that too. Like, what, like how loud would these things be? So I kind of, I've waited. Maybe if I upgrade my iPhone, I'll, I'll probably end up getting a, like an AirTag just to to see how it goes. I can see myself sticking it in my pack or my wallet or something. Um, but yeah, like it's, it sounds like a good idea in in theory. Um, I don't like having to buy an an accessory just to sort of be able to attach it 
to something. That's a bit. <laughs> Surely they could have solved that one yes, with a hole it's punch. So Apple, isn't it? Give us a dongle or an accessory. You know, really yes. put a hole in it. Yes. yes. Yeah, I, I have heard uh, there are YouTube videos that show exactly where to drill if you're brave enough to Ooh. put a hole in it without damaging the air tag. But I'm not brave Good. enough. Yeah. <laughs> There. All right. So it sounds like an upgrade is in your immediate future, Mike, and I'm really excited for you about that. <laughs> Possibly, yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll certainly, it, they've gotten me to the point where I'm, they had really had me, to be honest, at the 12s, where I started to think, hmm, maybe it's coming closer to time. So it's like the 13 with the, that another uh, advanced chip and everything. I've, I'm starting to be in that category of, yeah, I might want to. Good on you. Oh, you'll you'll love it. I mean, coming from the 10R, you will really see such an appreciable benefit. So I'm I'm pleased for you that you're doing that. And Judy, are you going to do anything this year? If I don't, it will be the first year in yeah. five or six or seven years. No, maybe ever. Oh, <laughs> that well. the last one I skipped I was the five, and I've had every iPhone. Uh, I've had other, every. Yeah. I didn't skip. I haven't skipped any since the four. Right. And I think there was one year I didn't buy it till November. But if I don't, then that'll be a little difficult to, I don't know. I, well, I will. <laughs> I'm sure I will. <laughs> <laughs> Just for ritual's sake. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Well, by year by year will not yeah. be complete without an iPhone. Just because every no, other year, it's, it's, <laughs> how can, it's how can I how can I write books about the iPhone? You know, if I can't use its latest latest features, now what those features are, I can't quite imagine. At this no, point. I mean there, there might be some, sometimes you do see a little nugget that didn't make yes. the main keynote, and you think, oh gosh, this changes the game. You know, maybe there's some audio thing, or it's hard to imagine, as you say, what that might be. Um, <laughs> but uh, but at at this stage, uh, I'm not either. And do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to buy an Android device instead because I've got my budget for the iPhone. And there's just I, – I think there's a lot of interesting innovation going on. And I'm not saying that Android, for me personally, could be my primary device. And in saying that, I, I, I'm saying that it could be other people's primary devices if they're – Use case is different. But for me, because I have made for iPhone hearing aids, because I use Braille an awful lot, I mean, I actually get serious work done with my iPhone and my Braille display. And oh, yes. despite the strides that have been made, I don't think Android is there with Braille. So, But I am interested in dabbling in Android again because there's there's, there's improvement. TalkBack has got the multi-touch thing sorted finally. And there's a lot of innovative third-party stuff going on in Android. So the tech geek enthusiast in me just wants to be able to play in that sandbox as well. So I'm going to use a little bit. And, and the thing is, it's like a quarter. I've identified yeah, the device. You'll I'll have plenty left over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I'm going to do. I'll, I'll use my, my first off year since the iPhone 5 to get an Android device and perhaps do a few demos in that space for this podcast. What are you going to get? Well, at the moment, I'm looking at the Oppo A94. Um, that costs about l less than a quarter of the cost of buying a, a 512 iPhone 12 uh -huh. 
uh, Pro Max. And yet it's got very impressive specs. It's got 5G. It has dual SIM. The thing about Android devices, though, when you start getting into this is the purchasing decision is very complicated for a blind person, I think, because th- these guys, the, the Oppo people, who have quite a good reputation, they'd run their own version of Android, which is modified. Uh, I do know that they have TalkBack, and I do know that the version they're running is based on Android 11, and that they have a beta coming up based on Android 12. So it looks like, you know, they've got TalkBack, it's, mm. it's all working so I should be okay. Um, Nokia, there's a blast from the past. Yes. They are now making Android devices, and I was looking at that one, but some of the reviewers are saying that it can that it's running stock Android, which is what really attracted me to the Nokia uh, devices, mm-hmm. but that even their top flagship model is quite sluggish, and if they're saying it's sluggish before you put talk back on it, uh, that makes me nervous. I could look at a Pixel it was a bit more money than I wanted to spend. But now that I'm not buying an iPhone, I guess I could. But then I know there's a new Pixel coming out very soon, you see. Well, they, so. have, they also have these these low-budget Pixels. Yes. I have a, a Pixel 4a and uh, because I wanted as plain vanilla Android device as possible right. to do testing and so forth. And uh, it's fine. It's, it's not, it's not sluggish. I mean, it, it's, it's audio quality is, is, is okay. It's certainly not as good as an iPhone, but it cost a third the price. Mm. Um, but I, I mean, I, for me, Android, it's, it's, and, I'm told by people who know more about Android than I do that it's because I'm so used to using an iPhone. But the whole touch of it, the way you move, the way you move things is so different. And uh, I find it difficult to get used to. Yeah, and I suppose you can get used to anything if you immerse yourself in it. But I think for people like you and me who are Braille users, it's just yes. not a viable transition. Oh, the Braille support is horrible. It's atrocious. It's just awful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yet, you know, the, the majority of people don't use Braille, and I respect that. And I think their multi touch additions and talkback are a huge leap forward. I don't know why. Well, it it's so getting long. more and more and more like yes, iOS gestures are getting more and more similar. Yes. Yeah. So that's, that's what I believe I will do. Now, the. There, there's one feature on the 4A that I absolutely love. Mm-hmm. It's the, it has a touch, uh, you know, what do you call the thing? You know, the touch screen, touch, sorry, touch ID. Oh, yes. Yeah. On the back. It's on the back. Right. But you can actually map gestures to it. Yes. So on the back of your phone, you can just, you know, flick across this, this touch ID thing and, you know, do all kind of, do map whatever you want to, to it. It's, it's, I love it. It's a great, it's, you know, a little bit akin to the, uh, top back tap but but it doesn't happen when you set your phone down <laughs> yeah i owned a google nexus 6 some time ago and they had that there and i thought that's a really cool thing it and, is you know, very cool now that i don't have to do the up and right and down and left and do the hokey cokey and everything um <laughs> i i might get on better with android so i'm, I'm hoping so because there's some very interesting stuff going on there that Uh, when I see some of the Android keynotes, I see innovation there. I mean, really interesting, thoughtful changes there that make me quite excited about what they're doing. So, yeah, I guess I'm a bit deflated. I had a a thought about innovation in that 
you know, I think it's been the last year with so many people working at home. I mean, so much innovation comes from people, people stimulating each other's ideas. And it's hard to do in a Zoom meeting because you don't have that incidental contact. And I wonder if what we saw last year had been building up from the year before and what we're actually seeing is a kind of pandemic vacuum. I see what you're saying. And actually, I have this discussion in my day job um, where, where there are two schools of thought regarding the viability of continuing to work remotely. But at the same time, I don't think iOS 15 was a particular letdown, do you? I mean, I think there are some no, really actually, good features No, actually, there. there are some. And especially, I mean, so much we're looking at it through our own blindness lens. Yes, that's right. And, and, and so iOS 15 has some, has some nice features for us, which, you know, maybe other people see it as, you know, just kind of ho-hum more the same. But it's, uh, it, we always, we're always filtering whatever, other people might see as incremental, you know, incremental, or we might see as incremental. Other people might see as innovative. Yeah, precisely. I, I'm pretty pleased with iOS 15. It's more just yes, I, so I. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what. To be fair, if you'd have said to me, "Well, what could they have put in the hardware that would have made you more excited?" I think USB-C. Oh, T- USB-C, a touch touch ID in the button. Yes, but I, we're I'd not. I'd be all over that. We're not going to get that on a second year, are we, though, to be fair? Because what typically – well, no, I, no, that's not true because Touch ID was actually introduced to the 5S, wasn't it? So even in an S year, they introduced Touch mm-hmm. ID. So I guess they could have introduced um, under-screen biometric authentication in the 13. Uh, you know, Siri was a 4S thing, and there were some hardware elements there. So – yeah, uh, I don't know. Anyway, maybe maybe it's just a, a very mature product category, and Apple knows it, and that's why they're working on my self-driving car and uh, on the <laughs> on the glasses. They are. They are. Yes. All right. Um, Mike, uh, any final thoughts from you on the what Apple had to say today, and and whether you're you know you're still feeling as excited about Apple as ever? You know, I, I'm. I'm feeling I can kind of rely on Apple. It's not, you know, there's nothing groundbreaking here from my perspective, uh, especially when you think back to last year. Uh, but there is, you know, they're trying. The only thing that kind of surprised me with this delay of such a groundbreaking thing, uh, like the, um, you know, the, the feature that, uh, the share play, uh, I do worry about things like that because this is, this is them trying to catch up with Zoom and all the other avenues people have to conference and share experiences remotely and they've they they touted this so heavily in their you know in their uh wwdc event and now it's you know we're looking here at a fourth wave very you know we're in the midst of it basically and lockdown is is a possibility and we could see this thing delayed you know, again, so we we don't have it in the next lockout, you know, potentially over the holiday season, and that that's a kind of a that that is a bit unnerving, you know, in terms of this is something they should have and probably have really tried to nail, and for some reason couldn't, and hopefully they'll we'll see that soon because that that's that was to me a, a bit of a slip that I wasn't expecting. I do like um, the iPad Mini. That is, those are some really nice upgrades to that. Uh, would have expected more uh, to the general iPad, 
especially given you know students are thinking years ahead, and that would have given if they moved it up even to the fourteen, uh, that might have given it a bit more longevity uh, as a purchase. The the uh, ninth gen iPad, um, but the Mini is a rock solid uh, in terms of tech uh, that would last you a long time. Um, so they've they've done some some good things. I'm still. I guess I'm I'm pretty good with where things are. I didn't need anything huge to change, really. Uh, you know, I you know, at my 10R has been perfectly good. You know, for the past while, it's just starting to get to the point where I'm interested in moving up. So I I don't know if I want faster. Like I I financially couldn't handle much any anything faster than than what I'm doing. Uh, two years is is fast for me. Um, but uh, I am glad they're supporting these things for longer so that people who can't, you know, do what, what I'm contemplating doing can, you know, can at least get, uh, you know, the iOS upgrades for longer and not be completely left uh, in the dust. So that that's I'm very glad they're heading in that direction. And, you know, the environmental stuff, I'm very glad that they're really thinking about that, you know, and, uh, you know, bringing that into everything they're thinking of doing and. Uh, so f- Apple is a company. Yeah, I'm still feeling very good about that. Uh, and I'm kind of almost glad they're, they're slowing down a little and kind of thinking, iterating, thinking things through more, polishing more before taking those, those big leaps. Well, I think that when people make purchases, particularly those with limited incomes and, and making the decision about purchasing a smartphone is a very big, consequential economic decision it can be complex because on the face of it as we've been talking about you get some very low cost android devices but is there any android device on the market today that you bought in 2015 that can run the latest version of android today i don't think so and so sometimes you do have to think you know to what degree is this purchase future proofing me to the extent that any technology can be future proofed that's a really good point. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I would just say that I think Apple's in for a very turbulent year because the antitrust uh, people are circling. Uh, we will see legislation go through the United States Congress on this. But also, coming back to your comment, Judy, about working from home and, and whether that stifles collaboration or not, you've got a lot of people who've had time during the pandemic to move away from Cupertino and they don't want to go back there. And so there's this battle going on within Apple where Apple is trying to say by a particular date, although that date keeps slipping back due to the pandemic, we want you back in the office for at least three days a week. And the developers and other Apple workers are saying, no, we don't want to go. Um, Microsoft's letting people work from home. Google's letting people work from home. Twitter, why can't you? And Apple's got a real battle on their hands. They've also got some, um, they've also got some challenges there to do with uh, acceptance of diversity, harassment in the workplace. So all these things do filter through to the quality of product and the degree to which they might be innovative. So there are some challenges for Tim Cook over the next year. Watch this space. Heidi, your final thoughts. I mean, I don't really have many. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of, you, you just, you, you sound like totally I under, under, underwhelmed. I really was. <laughs> I mean, the iPad mini doesn't begin to cover pretty it. cool, but I'm not in the iPad ecosystem and everything else was just, eh. 
So there you go. Just incremental. Yeah. 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 Would you like to be in the iPad ecosystem? Because you've got an electric and engineering background. I presume that that can be useful for that sort of use case. I mean, it could be cool, but I mean, it'd probably be better to know what I'm doing before I invest in expensive technology. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you could see a place for it, though, under certain, certain circumstances. Oh, yeah, I could see a place yeah. for an iPad, but it probably wouldn't be a mini. It would probably be like an Air or a Pro. Right, the big kahuna. Yeah. Yes, right. All right. Well, thank you all three of you for this. It's actually gone on longer than I was expecting, given the material we had to work with. But we, we can always <laughs> talk the hind legs <laughs> off a donkey. Um, so we'll probably be back next time. And um, appreciate your thoughts very much. All right. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Goodbye.